How's it going, coaches? If you want to learn more about how to install and run Weak Power, go check out my Weak Power install course at rtpclass.com. My course includes a series of seven videos totaling just over one hour and 20 minutes of film breakdown, blocking rules, philosophies, execution, and installation of weak power out of multiple offensive personnels and sets, as well as seven downloadable and fully customizable documents used to enhance offensive line play and install weak power. This course puts an emphasis on offensive line play to enhance your team's ability to run and install weak power out of one and two back sets. If you'd like to support our coaches in the podcast, Go to the store section of our website, runthepower.com, and choose from three different designs of t-shirts, long sleeves, and sweatshirts, costing as little as $20. We are now partnering with Lyman Performance to give our listeners the best deal to date on their suit bone landmine attachment, which is a sleeve attachment for a standard weightlifting bar that allows athletes to keep their elbows in while executing landmine movements. Go to linemanperformance.com. Order their product and enter the code RTPNATION in all capital letters at checkout to get $10 off your order and a free RTP t-shirt. Again, go to linemanperformance.com, enter RTPNATION in all caps at checkout for $10 off and a free podcast t-shirt. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Powerlift. We don't just like Powerlift because of their awesome name. We also use Powerlift at Broken Arrow and Ankeny to design both of our facilities. They not only have a good product, they also have a bunch of good dudes. They don't come off as those greasy bad car salesmen that you run into a lot of the time. Instead, you get to work with guys like former guest J.R. Conrad, guys that truly care about the game and your football team and want to help you build your strength program. Powerlift is a trusted program that is designed the University of Oklahoma, University of Iowa, Baylor University, and Mater D High School's weight facility just in the last few years, along with many, many more. Let Powerlift take your unique needs and use them to design your state-of-the-art facility. From concept to completion, choose Powerlift. Powerful ideas, powerful results, made in the USA. Go check out Powerlift at power-lift.com. Again, for any of your weight facility needs, go check out Powerlift at power-lift.com and tell them Run the Power sent you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by SkyCoach. SkyCoach is a proven sideline replay technology that will give you the advantage over opponents utilizing anything else. It's got 24-7 support, a flexible network that works in any stadium, any size crowd, and the most reliable, innovative software available. We use this at Broken Arrow. Uh, We've got the butt shot and the wide shot. It is crucial in games to be able to see that. I can tell, did a team get into four and four eyes? Are they just really loose threes? Uh, is it a is it a tight shade or is he head up? Um, it works great for us. I can tell where they're slanting, when they're blitzing. Uh, you know, so many times you've had a kid come off the field and say they're getting uh, a guy blitzing in every gap, right? But here you can go back, you can look at it. We've got our OC up in the press box looking at the wide, me on the sideline looking at the tight, and, and we can actually hook these up to TVs on the sideline, show the kids. It works great. It's worked every time. Uh, I love being able to use it. Sky Coach, to be the best, you must use the best. Don't let your team down by choosing something inferior. Sky Coach, the market leader in sideline replay. Visit them at myskycoach.com to learn more. Again, if you want a great sideline replay, go to myskycoach.com to learn more. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Attack Academy. Team Attack Academy is an online football development site for football players and coaches of all levels. It's the most powerful teaching tool introduced into the game today to raise the level of playing and coaching football. After using Team Attack Academy, your athletes and coaches will outplay, 
outwork, and outsmart their opponents, guaranteed. Go check them out at their website, teamattackacademy.com. On today's episode of RTP, we talk with Zach Sparber. He's the current graduate assistant at Virginia Tech University. Zach was the offensive line coach for the 2017 New Jersey State Champions, the Bergen Catholic Crusaders in New Jersey. Listen as we talk with Coach Sparber about using the Charles Bentley's principles to transform his offensive line's fundamentals at Bergen Catholic, using Tim and Brian Kite's principles to transform his offensive line's mindset, and being a disciplined and analytical offensive line coach. You can follow Coach Sparber on Twitter at Coach Z Sparber. Hope you guys enjoy. Say, sound like you uh, you got a lot of stuff from uh, from LaCharles too, huh? Helped you out a little bit. Oh, it helped me out a lot a bit, Coach. I mean, he uh, he really changed the way that I thought about offensive line play. I mean, when I first took agreed to come back to my high school alma mater at Bergen Catholic to to coach the offensive line, I hadn't played offensive line since I was a senior in high school, and you know, I I remembered the things that I was taught, but I, you know, I needed to be refreshed and met with a couple of offensive line coaches in New England, Justin Fry from Boston College and uh, Eddie Marcy from Bryant. And, and, and they both recommended, uh, especially Coach Marcy from Bryant, really recommended uh, LaCharles. And, and uh, I went on his website and I really liked a lot of the things he was doing. And I, I was studying, uh, studying his website and the things he was putting out there. But then uh, Dwayne Ledford, Coach Ledford from, from NC State came in to Bergen Catholic to recruit and I was talking to him and we were talking about some of some of the LB's techniques and he he said hey you know he's coming down to North Carolina State to do a, a all-day clinic uh, if you wanted to come you know you'd be more than welcome and I jumped all over that went down there and from 8 a.m to 4 p.m I think we took like a half hour break in the middle for like water but uh, I, you know it was all day you know just talking talking offensive line play and it, it totally changed the way that I, I saw the position, you know, and I went on to really heavily invest in that. And it, it pretty much his principles of offensive line play uh, were really what drove, drove our group this year in a, from a technique and fundamental standpoint. That's great. Everyone we've, everyone we've talked to about um, Bentley has been, you know, they, they love it. And that, and the best part about it is, you know, what everyone says is it's kind of, you know, revolutionizing how people even look at offensive linemen. You know, before him, it was the big, fat slobs that couldn't play anything else, and, and now he's making it, you know, at least around around Oklahoma for us, you know, he's kind of making it cool again. So, you know, the kids want to work extra, and they want to do some extra things instead of, uh, you know, being the big, fat kids. They want to they wanna work, and, and like, he, you know, they talk about working on their craft that, you know, they enjoy it. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, I think that it's kind of special that, everybody kind of leaves the weight room and then we kind of hit, we, we go to the back and we start working on skill acquisition stuff. And, you know, I definitely agree with you. I think it, it's become, especially with us. I mean, we've cre- we created a culture in our offensive line room where, you know, it was, it was a, an elite group that, you know, was exclusive as opposed to inclusive. And we were, you know, we, it, it was definitely, I mean, we, we took a lot of, that group took a lot of pride in itself. Coach, you said about, you know, you said one of the things that you guys had kind of done, and I'm assuming you, you'd probably got some of that from, you know, LaCharles, 
you, you said that one of the things you may really believed in was, was what you call process oriented technique and, and fundamentals. Could you speak a little bit about, you know, kind of, you know, your guys's process, how, how are the kids, you know, progressing from one thing to the next? But I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, I kind of wanted to hear your take on, on those things as far as how you're teaching your, uh, your offensive line. So on every play, we grade our guys out on, on their process. So, and our process is derived from LaCharles' principles of offensive line play. So we talk about on every play, you come up to the line, you have to know what the angle is that you're working through. So whether run, pass, whatever the scheme is, you have an angle. So that's the first piece of the process. You have to know what your angle is. Second piece is get into a great stance. We do a lot of work on skill acquisition in the offseason, preparing to make sure that we're getting into a great stance, that we have a nice flat back, great hip pinch, squeezing the adductors, all those things. Now, if a guy's knee flares on the snap, we know his adductors were engaged. Bang, he gets a zero for stance. If he's on the proper angle, he gets a one for angle. So if, it's, it's all binary. So moving on, so it's either you're on the proper angle you weren't, or you weren't. Either you got in the proper stance or you didn't. The next piece is forced through the ground. So every play – based on your assignment, you have to put force through the ground in order to begin your movement. So that's graded. Either you put force to the ground properly or you didn't. Uh, and then we, we called it drive brace, which is basically just his drive catch. Same thing. We just didn't want to use the word catch with high mm-hmm. school linemen because, you know, we want to we be aggressive and we want to, you know, make sure that we're, we're not, you know, we're not catching anybody. We want to get off the ball. But drive catch, drive brace really is synonymous. Um, and, and, so on every play, pounding through the inside borders of our feet, either you did that or you didn't do it. And then lastly, we talked about dominating our opponents, which is what Charles is pressure to pressure. So, you know, and the only way you get better at dominating opponents is by going back and taking great angles, getting in a great stance, putting force to the ground properly and drive racing to the inside borders of the feet. Uh, in addition to that, on pass plays, we also graded them on A, their set. So snatching that hand off the ground, getting out of their stance. B, did they create space between themselves and the pass rusher? And C, did they earn and maintain a knee to crotch relationship throughout the entirety of the rep? Would you do that on every play? Is it, is it just you? You know, that, that seems like a lot of grades to, to have to work through in a game. And I, I know it's, you know, it would seem like that'd take a, quite a while. So was it just you doing it? Or, uh, you know, do you have multiple coaches working on that? So as far as the grading system, I, it, it was, it was, I, I had a, uh, a buddy who helped me, uh, who just, just kind of, you know, I, I dictated to him and he put in the ones and zeros. Um, uh, he was, he's a, another assistant coach with us. Uh, but when I was last year, uh, the year before this previous season, so 2016, I was coaching the defensive line at Stonehill College. And that's really where I came up with the idea for process graded, grading, grading process technique. And I was grading for defensive line. I was grading alignment, feet, hands, screws of your helmet, and domination again. So that, you know, I was doing it by myself there. Sometimes I have my girlfriend typing in ones and zeros for me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but, but, you know, it really, it, it's, a, it's a time-consuming process, and it's very detail-oriented, but it's worth it. The kids love it. They're out there competing to be the best technician. I mean, what, what, what more could you want than, than that? And, uh, you know, those guys really compete to be the best at the details. And that's really why I, I, I really believe in it and, and have, have totally embraced it. And it's, to me, it's worth the extra two, three hours on, on a Sunday. 
I like you talked about that snatching the hand off the ground. It's something we got into really big this off season currently. So I'm excited to see, you know, how, how that works for us in the season. But uh, even just the, the little work we've done so far seems to be, you know, really good for us. You know, we're using the medicine ball, snatching it off the ground uh, to get used to snatching our hand off, off the ground. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how that works. I'm kind of curious how, how it's worked uh, for you guys once you've made it an emphasis, uh, you know, by grading it even. Absolutely. It's worked great for us. Uh, you know, it really enforces the idea of getting out of your stance. I mean, if you're, if you're oozing out of your stance and oozing into your pass set, I mean, you're, you're pretty – with the defensive linemen that we're playing against and that you guys are playing, I mean, you're in trouble. You know, those guys are, are good athletes, and they're, 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 they're taught as pass rushers, the first thing they want to do is close the distance and get tight to the fight. So we got to snatch that hand off the ground and create space. It's really been great for us. The way that we've drilled it, um, I, I believe we got this from LaCharles. I, I think I'm pretty, we must have, cause I mean, or I, I, I must have taken it from him, but we put, take a, like a skinny band and we put it in, uh, in, in the, the, on over the wrist or we put their wrist in the band, they get in their stance and we as coaches pull and put tension on the band and they're there. And we put a player next to them. Once we, we set them to the outside, we also have them set to the inside, but we have the player stand next. So they have an idea for a need across relationship. And they snatched the hand off the ground with their band resistance, and that that's kind of that's how we we drilled it, and and it was it was it was pretty much if we were working pass protection, we were working banded set. You know, I love it, man. We, we were gonna hit. We uh, we I mean something similar. You know, when I kind of got my start into it too. We, you know, obviously we didn't talk about snatching up the hand, but but Coach Johnson was big in you know explode into action, and he always talked about a progression. So same kind of deal. I got to be the first one out of my stance, right? I know the snap count. I should be the first one out of my stance. I should be into my set before the defensive line gets off. And it's the same thing for a D-line. If D-line is laid on his get-off, I'm going to be ahead the whole way. So if I'm ahead of the dude in a, in a progression, I'm going to have a chance to at least win. Whereas if the defensive line, you said it, closes space or gets even with me in the progression or gets ahead of me in the progression, I'm done. But his, his thing oh, was yeah. always kind of ex- exploding into action. And I think – you know, LaCharles, by, by snatching that, that hand up there, I think it just really pops those guys into that mindset of, of being ready to rock and roll. Same thing, I think, too, you know, with, with how he gets those guys into their stance, you know, how they kind of lock themselves in. I think it just, it just creates a, a focus and a mentality and an intensity for those kids when they do take reps. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, we talk a lot like about everything we, that I love the, uh, the, the closing the door thing. Cause to me, it, it, you can't really close the door and flex that stagger glute without like being like, all right, I'm intentionally getting my hips square to the line of scrimmage. And that he talks about intent all the time. And that's something yep. that really resonated with, with me uh, because I, I'm big, I'm big into, I read uh, two years ago or when it, when it came out, I read uh, Urban Meyer's book, the above the line book with uh, and, and Tim and Brian kite from focus three uh their their ideas of of discipline driven behavior over default driven behavior is something that i i try to preach to my guys all the time and uh you know they they've they've done a nice job with that but yeah that that idea of every time we get step up to the line of scrimmage have an intent to really do my job in the proper way and to to follow my process oriented technique that's you know that's something that that's that's been huge for us Coach, I'm kind of curious now, uh, now that we're talking a little bit of pass pro, what's been some of your uh, best pass pro drills that you guys have used uh, this year? So in addition to, to banded sets, uh, we do we, – we have that same guy who's lying there for the knee to crotch. After the third rep, so we like we get three, rep, three quick reps of, of the resisted set, 
Then we take the band off and we have him snatch the hand off the ground. And we have the, uh, the guy who's standing there as the dummy rush with wide arms and try to just get, get those guys used to timing up their punch, torquing the thumbs out on their punch and uh, maintaining that knee to cross relationship. After the third punch, they'll punch back off. They'll approach punch back off and the third punch. They'll bull rush them and we'll get them turning those thumbs out, really screwing those elbows in, sinking their elbows with their hips straight down to, you know, just to simulate sitting on a bull rush. Uh, that's, that's one that we really like. I'll tell you what, I was listening to a couple of the podcasts that, that you guys have done. I love the idea of splitting up the one-on-ones to make it guard, center guard. And there you go, man. There you go. I, lo- I love that. That, that was awesome. Because we do one-on-ones. We do it like you were saying, like, and I'm always like, hey, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> right. you know, and then, you know, so, well, a lot of the time I'm, it's I'm waiting on you. the defensive line coaches. You know, they yeah. want to uh, <laughs> hang out with the good three technique and, and forget about the shade, and you're ready to get going. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. It's like, come on, man, we want to get some reps. But, no, that, that, it, it's, it, it's great because, I mean, we really get after and compete, and those guys take a lot of pride in it. But, hell, I, I mean – I would, I would, I would love to get some more reps. I mean, damn, like that, that sound, when I heard that, I was like, I, I was like, wow, damn, I, I, that's pretty good. I mean, that was really good. Squeezing the um, but, elbows uh, other in. Drill, Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say another drill that we do, uh, we do like a machine gun drill. So we have the, the player start and we just, we set up four guys with pads, um, like staggered and have them run at them, you know, full speed and work on, you know, kind of working on getting knee to crotch on a, on a rusher in space and delivering a punch, timing that punch up again. That's just kind of another one we do. Um, we've, and then we also do, you know, some of the classics like the mirror dodge and, you know, things like that. That's more like when we're installing how to properly move. But in season, banded set, the timing drill, and machine gun are probably our three go-tos. Uh, I've used the machine gun before too, and, and we use it uh, sparingly. We don't use it a ton, but we don't we don't work a ton of pass pro in the season. But uh, um, I, I like it too. I used it in college. But I was gonna say uh, with that, you know, screwing the elbows in. You know, we say jamming our elbows in, uh, squeezing our elbows. That was I learned that from uh, Rex Hadnot, who was playing in the NFL. He was really undersized guy. Uh, he taught me that as far as sitting down the bull, and it was the best thing I've ever learned. I've never learned anything better than that, and I don't know why it works so well. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot guys a lot smarter than me that know why, but whatever reason, you get that bull and you squeeze those elbows in, drop those hips, it raises that guy up, and it, it just gives you such a, I don't know, I guess a better angle. I don't know, but it, it saved me my last two years uh, in college from, from the bull rush a lot of times. No doubt. I think the whole elbow hip marriage, man, marrying up those elbows and hips, that's, that's, that's the key. You know, I, I, I think I, that at least from, from what I've, from what I've read and, and watched with, with, uh, with LB, I mean, that seems to be the deal about getting that, creating that elbow hip marriage. And those things, I mean, it just, it just makes the body get into its strongest position. So I think a lot of times, I don't know, I remember when you'd be like wrestling with your dad and you'd, you'd have, you'd have the term old man strength. Right. right. To me, to me, it's like, I think you're kind of tapping into that old man strength is, is I think, you know, you, you kind of just learn, Oh, I'm a, I'm a lot stronger when I get into this position because I'm, I'm with you. Harper is the same thing. You, you saw an LB actually, uh, when he came up to Iowa state demoed it on somebody, he picked the biggest dude in the room. Now granted LB is a, a specimen, but yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> he, had, he had the biggest dude in the room, you know, basically kind of come in and Hey, lean on me now, you know, come get me. And he's able to do the same thing, just kind of sit it, marry up his elbows and his hips, and the dude just stopped. I mean, it was just 
whack. You're like, holy cow. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But tapping into that old man strength, I don't know, whatever it is, it's just magical. It works. So the guys that are listening out there, teach your guys how to do that. We, yeah, we, no, stole, uh, we stole the, the knee. I know, I don't know. I, I'm kind of curious coach to see if you, if you use it cause we don't use it nearly enough or really at all right now. But um, I know LB does the one knee, one knee down and does his inside zone or, or his different zone steps. We started cheating and using that in pass pro. So, um, you know, we, we, we need to kind of get into it and a little bit of our outside zone and stuff, but kind of curious, do you use that at all uh, in the run game? Some of that one knee down and, and taking steps. We've, we've kind of like introduced it to some of our guys. Uh, we got on. So that, that meeting, that clinic with, with LB last year was, man, it must've been in like mid April. So like this year, we're kind of, as we develop these guys and we continue, we, we will use some of that stuff with like the cone drill and working through different angles in the run game. I think it's awesome. I think it's great stuff. I mean, I, I, and we did use it in pass pro. We did, we used quite a bit of it in pass pro. Uh, uh, we used it also with the speed ball drill. Like the uh, where they start on a knee and you, you have like a like a five pound, you know, big, bigger medicine ball and you, you kind of line up at different angles, like further, like wider or tighter and on their movement, roll the ball and have them drive catch off that front leg to, and not over, you know what I'm saying? Not overset it, get it so that we tell them that the ball is the, is the defender's crotch so that they get that at, stop the ball with their outside knee. And that's, that's, that was a pretty good deal for us as well, just to, you know, learn how to set on guys and not overset them. Because sometimes you can go from a wide angle and, and, and roll the ball in real tight. So they're like flying out of there and they, you know, they kind of overset the thing instead of really tracking that guy's movement. So it, that, that was, that's a decent one for us as well. But oh, I do I think that – I haven't seen that one. I, I really like that idea. Yeah, that one was yeah, a good a, one too. That's, that's what Charles was. Yeah, but Charles, I'd, I'd seen that one uh, early early on in the summer, and I started doing that with some of our, our guys as well, just in offseason because it's easy. I mean, you could do it in the weight room, so you'd have guys in between reps. You know, they could work a – just be rolling a med ball, and it's the same kind of deal. You know, boom, sit, setting it down, splitting it, need a crotch. So, I mean, really good drill that you could be doing all offseason. They're hard. And that's, what, and that's what you're looking to do, obviously, in the rules, but I'll give the kids some, uh, some drills that they can do by themselves so, so it's allowed to do, they're allowed to do it, but, um, you know, not have any contact. But uh, the best thing I've, I've heard, and I think it probably was from Bentley, but was, you know, if you want to get really good at, at having a quick pass set and have a good pass set, it's not going to be by, you know, it is supplemental to use all your lifts, but the only way to have a really fast, quick uh, pass set is, is to do a million pass sets. So, you know, being able to do that, but at a certain angle in the off season would be, uh, you know, key. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, it's, it's just like anything else, right? I mean, you, you, the Bruce, the was Bruce Lee, right? If you're not the man who's practiced ten thousand kicks once, but the man who's practiced one kick ten thousand times. That's right. You know, that's right. That's, uh, coach, you'd said here too. You know, we we give our a lot of our guys a questionnaire here, and I thought this was awesome because it really kind of struck me. You know, I, I'm a teacher. Um, do you teach there at Bergen Catholic? I do not. Um, I am, I, I'm like, I'm in the school, but I, I'm really pretty much part-time, full-time. Like I get a stipend from the football program, but I am not in the school. I'm just, I'm, but I am there. So like, okay. kind of, I'm, I'm in the gym hanging out when the, <laughs> when the, and, and doing, and doing football stuff. And when the, when the college coaches come through, cause we get a lot of traffic in there. I'm kind of flying around, making sure that uh, all the coaches get to see the right guys and 
and things like that. And, you know, it's, it's basically, I mean, I coached in college last year. It's, it's pretty similar just with the recruiting element added to it. You know, gotcha. It's, it's, a, it's a great deal. I mean, it's, it, it's, Obviously, it's, for the long term, it's not, you know, it's, it's not really sustainable, I guess. But <laughs> it's uh, right now and, and at this point in my career, I'm having I'm telling you what, this year was one of the great joys of my life. I, I, we had such a great group of kids and great staff. And it was it was really it was awesome. Well, I was saying you, you'd said, though, I mean, if, if you ever did have to teach a class. And I, like I said, I thought this was awesome because. I've always thought this, and of course, you can never get lawmakers to think about it because they're too worried about setting standards and and teaching all this other bull crap, in my opinion. But you'd said, if you could teach any subject, what would you teach? And you said, I would teach kids elite behavior. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and dude, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, the kids that I have in class, you know, it, it's more about the executive skills I'm trying to teach these kids. You know, the, the skills that I'm trying to teach them to take into the workforce, to take into their adulthood, responsibility, things like that, that I think kind of gets swept under the rug a lot of times because you're trying to teach these things. But I think, you know, classes like this, leadership classes, teaching elite behavior, you know, could you speak a little bit about, you know, hey, what, what would be some of the principles you teach and why do you think that's so important? So I think, I think first things first is like we talked about before is like teaching, teaching discipline driven behavior over default driven behavior. You're going to act on discipline or you're going to act on default. It's one or the other. Are you going to act with intention or are you going to act with impulse? Are you going to act with purpose or are you going to act on autopilot? Are you going to act with skill or are you going to be resistant to the work that needs to be done? And I think that understanding that and embracing that is so big and, and understanding that no one wants to hear you blame others for anything. No one wants to hear you complain about circumstance. And no one wants to hear you defend yourself. Just constantly be in a state of getting better and, and acting in a discipline-driven way will give you options. People see discipline as rigidity, but acting with discipline in all reality gives you options. Whereas acting on default, being impulsive and acting on autopilot, those are the things that are going to box you in and take away your, your options. You know, so getting kids to understand that and then all the other, the other big thing and the other big, really huge uh, ideal, and this is also a, a Tim and Brian Kite deal, they, they talk about E plus R equals O. So event yep. plus response equals outcome and, and controlling that response and the six disciplines of response. So, you know, every time an event happens to you, first, pressing pause. A, it avoids doing something stupid. B, you allow yourself to clarify the situation. So, you know, what, what is, what, what happened? What do I want to get out of this situation? Now, what does that require of me? Now, once you've clarified the situation, now getting your mind right, positive self-talk, not having an irritated or a survivalist mindset, but having a purpose mindset that this is going to make me better. And this obstacle is really going to create some opportunity for me. And then third, stepping up and doing the work Fourth, adjusting and adapting and, and continuing to get better and better. And then fifth, make a difference. Understand that your response to an event is an event for other people. So make a difference and make a positive impact. And then sixth and last, build skill to continuously be getting better, not just at, you know, maybe coaching football, but actually getting physically better at responding, at pressing pause, at getting your mind right, at stepping up and doing the work at adjusting and adapting and at making a difference. If you can actually 
physically get better at responding to events and, and, and getting better every time something comes in your way. I mean, that to me, that, that combined with discipline driven behavior, I mean, any kid, any kid to me would, you know, you can delve into that and they, they do delve into that and talk about each of those topics for, you know, hours. So, I mean, it's, it, to me, those two, those two things. And then the third piece, and, th- and those are the two things that we preach in our offensive line room every day, by the way. And we yeah. talk about maybe, you know, we, we try to change up the delivery and the way that we, 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 we phrase it. But, I mean, I'm talking to those guys every single day about taking ownership of their, their role on the team and acting with discipline and then going out and responding. Because we say, everybody says, be tough, be tough, be tough. Well, what, what does that mean, Coach? What, is, what does it mean? To, well, what, to me, what it means to be tough, is respond to the good things and the bad. Be ruthless when you're in control. And when things don't go well, go respond. Respond with purpose and relentless effort. And that's what, that's what we talk about. And then the third piece is to channel our emotions to compete, to dominate the process. So football is a very emotional game, just like life. I mean, life, life can be emotional. But, you know, ultimately, you need to be able to channel that emotion. Emotion, you know, means to evoke motion, ultimately. And, and you need to cha- be able to channel that emotion. Guys need to be able to channel that emotion into really focusing on the task at hand and being, again, discipline-driven. So that, those are a couple of things I, would, I, I, would, I, I like to preach about. <laughs> well, Coach, I hope you get to, I hope you get to uh, put on that course because if you do, I think I'm going to sign up for it. I, you got me ready to go right now. Yeah. <laughs> Coach, I, hey, dude, I, all that stuff, and it, like I said, that, that one just shown, shown out to me like it was highlighted because it, it, when you talk about things like this, most kids nowadays, right, especially in, in public school education, most kids look at you like you have two heads. And they're like, what is this guy talking about? I, this, this, is not, this is not what I'm used to hearing, you know. I'm used to hearing some, some softer language and, you know, try to, try to kind of just fit in and, and maybe not be great. But if you're going to be great, just kind of be good at, at school. I mean, what, what you're saying is be good at everything, <laughs> you know, be, be yeah. elite. It's, and, it, and it's okay. It's okay to be really, really good at something. It's okay to find a passion. It's okay to get passionate about it. And you know what? It's okay to go out and kick ass every now and again. I mean, I, I think yeah, more kids, especially, especially young males, need to hear that stuff. So that gets me fired up, dude. I'm jacked. <laughs> Coach, what, what gets me going is what you talk about is, um, you know, and it's one of my favorite quotes is, is that, that nobody cares, work harder. But, uh, you know, that's what you kind of said, and, and, and you, need to, you need to hear that, I think. It, it helped me when I heard it was that, you know, all these things that you, you want other people to feel bad for you or you want other people to see that, you know, stuff's hard for you. When you kind of get to realizing it and you think about yourself, thinking about other people, you realize that really no one cares about the tough times in your life or the bad stuff. It, that No one cares how unfair things are to you. You better just find a way to go attack it and, and, and go win anyways. So uh, I love that you said that because I think that's big and I think it's important. And it's something that I try to, you know, tell, tell my guys up at, the, up at the school is that no, one, no one's going to care how tough this stuff is on you. Or, or life or no one's you know life's not going to care you're just going to have to get over it and work through it and like you said you know um you know win through it yeah no doubt i mean i and the other thing is it's like i don't know i i just i i agree i it, 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 we're, we're on the same page completely i mean i i i think that a lot of people they they try to say like oh well you know we we, we say that we say this we say that but with a lot of people like a lot of people that i've been around they talk about their their beliefs and this is what we believe and this is what we want to experience. But 
really nailing down how they're supposed to behave is what's going to ultimately get you that experience that you're looking for. You know, it, it, it's great to have beliefs and it's great to want an experience, but until it's outlined for these guys, this is the standard of behavior. Mm-hmm. It, it, you're, not, you're probably not going to get at the result that you're looking for. Yeah. And it's, then it has to be consistently enforced. So when you hear right. that too, you know, okay, you, you could write all these standards, you can write all these laws, you can put all these things on the wall, but kids are going to test, okay, which one are you going to let me get away with? And if you're not right. letting, you, exactly. letting them get away with anything, because that becomes the instant new standard. All right. As soon as, as soon as I let exactly. Jimmy, Jimmy over here slack and I still let him start at left tackle because he's got 26 offers. That becomes the new standard for all the rest of the guys on the offensive line. Hey, how come you're not going hard? Well, you didn't yell at Jimmy for not going hard. And instantly it just becomes that disconnect. So, I mean, it's, it's exactly right. You know, it's, it's going to be the kids making the behavior and then it's coming back to me. How am I going to enforce that behavior? Or if it's not going the way that I need it, how am I going to reteach that behavior, remodel that behavior? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and what you said is so true about – coaching it every day i mean i i remember so we we went out quick well, quick story we went out to to modern day and we got and I, we got our butts kicked they had you know the high school national champions this year we went out to california to play them we lost like i don't know 62 to 14 or something and they they were pretty uh, good you know, <laughs> oh my god what a football team uh, i mean seriously they do such a great job over there i mean and they have so many good players it's it was it was it was different it was great for us i mean we went we went home and, and didn't lose another game the rest of the year i mean it was it was like we went there and we we're like all right this is how it's supposed to look you know and it was great great experience for our kids but what i was going to say is you know we had had a meeting that we, where we talked about those things and you know, we talked about him here, but I told our guys after the game, I, I told them, I was like, look, I took ownership for it. I was like, look, I, I, we're not, we're not doing the things that we set out to do. We're, we got guys, we got guys in the, in the heat of the battle when, when, when the shit's hitting the fan, you know, basically pointing fingers and, and doing things that culturally really like got to, like were twisting my gut. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we weren't responding when, when, like, when things went bad, it was like, oh, my God, instead of, like, all right, come on, let's go. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing, to, nothing to do but go, go continue to, to respond with purpose and relentless effort. And we were clearly not, you know, dedicated to the process well enough. I mean, we were, you know, we, we were kind of getting our, our, our ass kicked. So, you know, I took, I took ownership for that in the huddle after the game with the offensive line. I said, look, I, I haven't been talking about it enough. You will not – we will not break – a meeting before or after practice without talking about those three things, without talking about taking extreme ownership of your role, without talking about responding to adversity and, and really seeking obstacles out and responding with purpose and relentless effort. And we will not leave a meeting without talking about channeling your emotion to complete dominate the process. We will not have a meeting that ends without talking about those three things. And it was really, you know, we, we went on and I, I stuck true to that and, you know, and and the kids responded great, and they they took ownership of it, and they ran, they took it and ran with it, and they, you know, they 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 put a put a beat down on some guys that were more physically talented than them, you know. So it was, I was happy for them that we got we we had a great group, man. They really they they were special, some good leaders. You know, it was it was awesome. Well, and when you do a good job of it, and you and you make them stay to that standard, like you just said, coach, it's cool to start seeing some of your older guys, some of your leaders. They start enforcing that same standard on on the other kids, and to where uh, you know you don't have to do it as much. Some of your leaders are doing it, and you're seeing that same thing in them. Absolutely, and and when you do see it, I mean, 
I don't know if there's anything that warms your heart more. Like when no, you there's not. Center, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, it's special. It's special. I mean, he, he, our center, our center was like this little, like sawed off, maybe <laughs> five ten on a on a on a great day. Uh, you know, kid. He's he's really smart though. You know, fourteen fourteen twenty SAT going to John Hopkins. Uh, you know, he's and and he was just. It got to the point where it was like. You know, I didn't even have to. I didn't have to say it anymore. I mean, he'd just be, you know, he'd be ripped, chewing kids, giving giving ass chewings out left and right. So it was like, all right, well, we got something here now. You know, so it was a good deal. Horizontal leadership, man. All of a sudden, you start to empower those kids. All of a sudden, you start to kind of start hearing the uh, the same things that you're preaching. Was that one of the things you noticed? Because Coach Harper and I have said it a few times. It was almost like, you know, we had sayings that we would say all the time to our guys to remind them, remind them, remind them. And then after a while, it kind of became the, the ongoing joke. If they ever did a skit, that was like one of the things they were saying about, you know, Coach Walls, they'd, they'd, have, a, they'd have a monster in their hand. They'd be making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's pretty good. So do, did your guys start kind of regurgitating some of the stuff you were saying? You kind of knew it? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they you know, the kids, all the kids on the team be like, they, like I'd be eating a sandwich. They'd be like, Coach, you're going to process the shit out of that sandwich or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <they're> like, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So they they love that stuff, and it, it it's it, it's good. They they we had it really was it was fun to see. I mean, they you know they, they if they did a skit, they could probably do a pretty good one. They they they're uh, they're creative dudes. It's funny. Well, yeah, coach. You know, you said you came from college, and and now you're in uh, coaching high school. So I'm I'm kind of curious, and it's kind of the question I ask everyone we've had on that you know makes that transition is is what's that transition been like? And is there some things that you've had to change now that you're dealing with a high school kid or, or what's that transition been like for you? Uh, I mean, the, the biggest transition probably was that like I came to Bergen and it was like my off my, I, at Stonehill when I was in college, I had like my own office and you know, I, I the kids come up, you know, they, they work out, maybe they come by the office, you see a guy, you talk to him and you know, he leaves and there's like a lot of time with just the coaches in the office. Whereas, uh, you know, maybe that was just the product of the place that I was at, but, but, uh, at Bergen, it's like, you know, they're really, the head coach has an office. And then it was like, I was like in the war room, you know, and the kids are always in there. So it's like, <laughs> the kids are just always around. Right. You know, so that was, that was, uh, that was an adjustment for sure. You know, kind of always having to be, be on, not that, I mean, to be honest, which is kind of like natural anyway. And, and after maybe like the first week, it kind of, that, that wasn't even a thing anymore. But I remember that when I first got it, they like, Man, like I, I, I do not have an office and my, my office is basically in the locker room. Like it's kind of, you know, which was kind of different, but I, I grew, I grew to have an appreciation for it. And, uh, but as far as coaching the kids was concerned, I mean, at Bergen Catholic, it's, they're coaching it like a college, man. It's it, those kids are getting coached hard and there's not really a whole heck of a lot of difference between, you know, coaching, coaching at uh, division scholarship, division two football and coaching at Bergen Catholic. I mean, there honestly there there's probably more pressure to be honest with you um you know just being that that you know we hadn't won since 2004 and you know we had this great team and and uh and and I don't know if you've ever but like our students our our school spirit is is out of control I mean we we pack we pack the place I mean, we, we and our fans like get completely painted up and they're they are psychos and they're the best kind Right, but but just like it, it was, you know, the 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 pressure aspect of it was probably actually more in, in at the high school level coaching for Burton Catholic, um, but but it was, I mean, it, it, it 
all in all, like I said, one of the great joys of my life. I mean, I, I you know, I don't know that I'm going to be in high school football forever. Not that there's anything wrong with that by any means, you know, by my, you know, but I, I tell you what, it was so much fun and the kids were great and the, the families were great and the coaching staff was awesome. I mean, it really, it, it was, I mean, as well, the kids being around all the time was probably the biggest difference. And then after that, I mean, it was, it was just football, man. It was awesome. Well, you talk about coaching kids hard, you know, uh, it seems like everyone in the profession sees that as a good thing and it helps and benefits kids and every kid I've ever been around that wants to be good, wants to be coached extremely hard. Um, but then almost half the outsiders think of it as a bad thing. Um, you know, but it's something me and Walls boys said that that's what the kids want. You know, they thrive off being coached hard. They want to be pushed. And, and as long as you're doing it the right way, I mean, it, it's a beneficial thing and these kids need it and, and they love it. Coach them hard, love them hard. I think you can't go wrong. You know, I, I think I personally. I mean, I, 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 I don't know how I, I don't know how else to do it. I mean, there's definitely there's a lot of other ways to skin a cat, but you know, I, I think if you, if you love your players and you create that level of trust, I mean, you can you can only push someone as far as the level of trust that you built with them. I think, and and uh, you know, I, I think once you build that trust, once you build that relationship, and they know you love them and they know you care about them. Not just whether you can get get your get hip to hip on a double team and get your eyes on the linebacker, or also that you care that they're you know going to be a qualifier or that they're getting enough points on their SAT to get into the next band for that Ivy League school or NESCAC school. You know, and they know you care about that, and they know you care about their their family and, and their well being. And you could, I mean, those kids will those kids will run through a wall. You know, they'll they'll. I think that's I, I don't know. I mean, I I've only I've been in this a very short time. But it seems like, you know, the relationship factor is just so huge uh, in being able to coach those kids that way. There's no question. I think, you know, like, like Coach Harper said, you know, the, the people, the outsiders that, that, that don't understand it, generally they're people who haven't been around football or, you know, they, they obviously don't know how uh, to get that connection with the kid, you know, to, to be able to show, show them how much we love them, how much we care about them, how much, you know, we're, we're making sure they go to class and all those behind the – the scenes things all they see is is us maybe coaching that kid hard so a lot of them just just flat out don't get it it's just kind of one of those things you know you gotta you gotta let slide off the you know water off the ducks back but it gets to be a little bit annoying sometimes because you know you're having all these people kind of kind of poking into to your realm it's like dude I went to college for this stuff you know this is this is my this is my arena you know, and, and it bothers me when I got, you know, doctors, lawyers, people who, have, you know, maybe they played a few downs of football, but they've never coached football. You know, it's not like, you know, Coach Sparber, myself, and Coach Harper are walking into some guy's office and telling him how to do his taxes. You know, I mean, to me, to me that, to me that it's stuff like, really – you imagine, though? Like, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like really, like, like – uh, yeah. I, I, hey, I, hey, hey! Give me, hey, give me that, give me that, that program. Give me that pen. I'm going to show you how to do this, okay? But I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's the it's the same kind of deal. It's like, okay, I watched on TV. You know, I watched a, a commercial by H and R Block. Now I can do your taxes. I mean, it, it bothers me, and it, it would even bother me more when you'd have other guys that would would email you or you know call you and say, Hey, Coach Walls, you know, I'd I'd love to come to come help out and come work. It's like awesome. Well, what kind of experience you got? Oh, I, I read Urban Meyer's book one time what you know I mean I mean it, it's it, it's just weird how f football is one of those few sports where everybody's an expert at it you know what I'm saying or they think they are yeah yeah I mean it, it, it's it's nice at a place like Bergen where like 
these kids, if they wanted to do that, if they wanted to be, they could go to public school, man. Like they just in our area, that's just kind of the, like they, they know, like they're not, they're not going to like our practices are open. They can, they could come and watch, you know, they, they're, but they don't, I mean, at least in my experience, I haven't had yeah. people poking in and, and messing with our business. I mean, it, it's been, you know, they, the, our, our, our families have been, have been nothing, have been great, you know, but I, I could see that. And if that was happening, that'd be extremely frustrating. Um, you know, I, we have, we have kind of an alternative strength program. Uh, our strength program is all movement based and, and has a like very, we don't, we don't like, we don't really squat for weight, heavy weight. We don't really bench. We, you know, we eventually work into some, some more eccentric stuff and some deadlifting and things like that and floor press. But, um, but it's not like your typical weight training program. And we had a parent like really getting all over our strength coach and like trying to tell him how to do his job. He's like, look, the guy, he's like, I don't come to your job and tell you how to kill bugs. Guys, a terminator. <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't tell me how to train these players, okay? You know, we, we just, and meanwhile, the, the, the strength coaches have to be phenomenal. And, and he, uh, yeah. I mean, we had, we had zero non contact injuries this year. Zero. Not one, you know, like, not one. And, and his whole thing is like, and what we train our guys all the time, and what he's talking about all the time is getting your whole foot in the ground. You see so mm-hmm. many of these, uh, these non contact knee injuries where they're planting off their toes. And their their knees are going on them, and it's something that and their Achilles are going on them. And I mean, this this guy is all about landing mechanics and striking the ground with your whole foot, and that that really has been, I mean, immense for us. That's got to be really nice for you as the offensive line coach because that's something. Uh, it seems like it's new. Maybe it's not too new, but it's new to me. Uh, when I was coming up through high school, and then all when I was younger, it was always up on your toes, a lot of weight forward, and, and now it's gotten into, even with the offensive line, whole foot in the ground, working through those insteps. Um, so, so it's got to be nice to have a strength coach that's completely on board and that's teaching that in the weight room as well. It's, it really is. It's awesome. I've learned a lot from him too uh, in, the last, you know, in the last year or so. I mean, he's really he's great. And at, at your, you're 100% on point. Um, you know, being it, the, the idea of, of for an offensive lineman of having your whole foot, I mean, you have to if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be able to move somebody off the ground or off the ball, somebody coming at you, you know, it helps to have get. I mean, we're we're talking in steps a lot, also, but the idea of training all year long to have your whole foot in the ground makes that transition to getting onto the in steps and training them to move that way makes it that much easier. Sure, that ankle flexibility that they're already used to. Um, do you, I'm curious, do you guys do any uh, do any cleans uh, in your in your weight program? We do not. Um, at least we didn't last year and we haven't so far this year. Uh, we do do, uh, hip ex- weighted, like weighted hip extensions, um, to get that, I guess, to get that type of hip roll, but we're, we, we do not clean, clean our guys. I think it's just a matter of having, you know, 70 guys and we're going to clean it. You can't get your eyes on everyone and, and, and having high school kids and they don't do it right. I mean, if you keep the best ability is availability. And that's kind of what our program is based upon keeping guys healthy. And, you know, the, the cleans with high school kids. And when you have so many guys in the weight room can just get a little messy. Well, that's, that's why I ask is I've been really intrigued by that. I've read a few articles and so I, I'm definitely no uh, strength coach by any means, but I've read a, a few articles of, of high school and even some college guys talk about, you know, they do the cleans as far as getting up to full extension, but they don't ever drop underneath the clean because the majority of that is is technique, and now you're training all these neural pathways and taking hours and hours out of the days to teach perfect clean form when 
uh, you know, all you're really going for is that hip explosion. So that's kind of what I, why I was curious. I like that. I like that. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Getting that trip, getting that triple extension without right. having the the risk the risk of of hurting yourself going underneath. Yeah, I think that that's real smart. There was a guy, and he's actually he's he's up in Jersey too. I'm sure you've heard of Joe DeFranco. Um, oh, of course. Yeah, he he's one of the our, legends. Our I guy think. Is a de- he's a DeFranco our guy dude. Is a DeFranco's disciple. Yeah, he's a disciple of DeFranco. Who's your guys' dude? Uh, Mike Wadango. Okay. Yeah. No. Oh, Mike. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, Mike is like his his guy, man. He was one of the guys that that had trained him. So. I assume he'd learned it from, from Coach DeFranco. I had the chance to actually go out there and, and learn a little bit from him, too. And Harp, he, he'd said the same thing. He's like, hey, man, I got, I got nothing against cleans. But he's like, I, I have something against wasting a lot of time teaching cleans. Right. Especially when, you know, he, he would teach the exact same things. I can, I can teach weighted jumps. So, hey, gra- grab a trap bar deadlift, and I can teach you how to jump with it. Oh, boom, in three seconds, you know. So I could, I could teach that explosion, and then everyone's like, well, okay, the catch portion, you know, what about being able to, you know, force absorption? I, I can do the same thing. I can teach guys how to absorb force. You know, uh, LaCharles Bentley has proven how to do that, you know, with a lot of core work and being able to absorb force that way, torque on the bull. But you could train all those things. You don't have to worry about catching, training, busted wrists, bad, bad wrists, bad form, tight hips. You know, DeFranco is kind of one of the first guys I'd heard, and, and that's awesome that – Mike is your guys' guy because I've always admired Mike from afar too. I didn't know he was that Bergen Catholic. So those guys in yeah, my book were always kind of the, the gold standard of it because honestly when I was doing a lot of strength training, I, did, I didn't do a ton of cleaning either just because I, I didn't have time to teach it. Right, right, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, it, 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 uh, those things make total sense. I mean, that, that's what I really like about this program is that everything makes sense. I mean, it all feel it's all translatable back on the football field, you know, so that, what more can you ask for? And that's why, where you got to have someone with, uh, you know, some guts uh, to, to kind of go step out of the norm. If they think, Hey, there's no reason people are doing this. Oh, they're just doing it because that's just what you're supposed to do. They've got the guts to uh, go out there and say, well, we don't see, I don't see how that works for us. So we're not going to do it. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Coach, what, what kind of uh, what kind of run game did you guys uh, have this year? What, what were you guys uh, heavy in this year? Uh, we ran the ball. We did a, a lot of, of everything. I kind of put that in the questionnaire. I mean, we did our, our best run play uh, was was uh, counter. We ran that for over a little over seven yards a clip, um, and we we did we did a lot of power. But there's a lot of power read mixed in with that. Uh, we we averaged actually that was probably our, our lowest play. We averaged under four. Uh, our pin and pull stuff was really good. We averaged a, a little over six a clip. Inside zone, we averaged uh, about four and a half a clip. Uh, outside zone, a little over five a clip. So and we did we did some nice things in the run game. I mean, but I I I like I like uh, I like our pin and pull stuff. That's probably my favorite stuff. Pin pull's fun. I know me and Walls have, have talked it um, a, a bunch. Uh, I was kind of curious, and, and I'll let him kind of ask about pin pull and get into it a little more, maybe. But um, we're, you know, always looking at a little bit of power read. If maybe we get a, an athletic quarterback or have an athletic quarterback, what what do you think were some of the problems with with uh, with power read this year for you guys? Because I'm not, I'm a little bit of a newbie to it. I, I know it enough, but have never really specialized in it by any means. And so, kind of ran it in college a little bit, and I've studied it. But I'm just kind of curious, you know, where you're coming from. Um, you know, why why do you think it was one of your lower 
uh, yardage runs? Well, I just I think that it can they can kind of they can kind of scheme it up where it's like if if they send any kind of like edge pressure like even if they just send one off one off the edge they they have it they have it played like they have the quarterback played and they have the back played you know what I'm saying right like if they're if you're playing against the fifty and they send a guy and they send yep. the outside like you're you, we almost we started running it we wouldn't we pretty much by the end of the year we were anytime we were running power read we had a kill attached to it. Because if we were if we were getting that edge pressure, it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't so towards the end of the year it started to work a little bit better for us. And something that we also did, and that we had a little bit of success with, um, in some of our counter stuff too. As we but like really, we tried to tell that tackle who was going that who was going down. We were when we were getting that edge when we felt like we were getting edge pressure, we tell him to be patient and try to invite Collect that, that defensive end into the B gap. Yeah. And and take him take him in in that gap and that well, if we could get that we got to play but if he comes off our butt if, as as a tackle we're 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 in trouble you know we're just they they got us outnumbered and and it's not really a great deal for us so that's probably what you know that's something that that we dealt with um I also I'm I'm interested you know there's there's some different ways that I, I've clicked with a couple of people this off season I spoke to James Perry who's the you know the head coach at Bryant. And uh, I, I listened to the Princeton coaches speak about it, uh, but they run their power a little bit different. They, than, than we ran, we always ran it as like a B gap outplay, like where it's like you know the the backs read is B gap out. The way they run it, it's bounce crossover plant, and they are running through the smoke downhill A gap to backside A gap. And yeah. the way that they block it's a little bit different, um, but it's it's ultimately you're going to the same guys. It just becomes about protecting that A gap. And that, that to me, it, it, I saw some film on it. I was like, wow, this, you know, this is pretty good. It ends up hitting a lot. You know, when that will comes to fill that, uh, the front side A-gap and the guard snaps off to take that thing, it usually ends up hitting the back runs through the smoke right in between that block and the tackle overtaking the, defensive, the, the front side defensive lineman in a four-down look. Does that make sense? Yeah, that that's how we run it. We, we're we're a gap to backside a, and and I got that from Wall, so I'm sure he can uh, he can talk about it a little bit more. And it's something that we've really studied. Please, and we're, yeah, and we're going up to uh, we're going up to Wyoming, um, you know, because that was the North Dakota State guys. That's all. That's all they run tight, tight power. So um, we, you know, we're, we're clinicking with them, and we're going to go up there to Wyoming this off season at Broken Arrow. But um, you know, I kind of got that from Walls, and that was our head coach David Alexander. Uh, when he always talks about power, that's what he talks about. He talks about um, cleaning the hash. So if we were on a hash and we're running power, the running back should be running right down the hash. So uh, I'm sure Walls can talk about it a little bit more and, and how he's seen it. And, you know, when he was at Tulsa, uh, Denver Johnson always said uh, what, number one rule was linebackers shall always uh, overrun. So uh, go, go ahead, Walls. Let's say it's a gap power is basically, you know, it's, it's kind of more weak side power, one back power. And then the North Dakota States and those guys of the world, they, they would still run it strong, but you're basically not blocking down with, with the tight end. He's either going to arc or he's basing a nine. So I'm always going to get the, the tackle and the guard down. And then I'm going to get that split action by the tight ends. He's blocking out. And then everything else is happening up inside tight. So the fullback's kicking tight. So he's either kicking a tight five, or if the guy disappears underneath the tackle, he's just leading up into C gap. And then the guard that pulls, he's just gonna. It's it's. You know, we we talked a lot about if you get a chance to listen to to Rick Nelson talk on our on our most recent podcast, it's more of what they call a shuffle pull, or I think they call it a glide pull. 
Uh, and, and basically, it's almost like a fold. I mean, he's just getting a little bit of depth. He slides to A-gap, and he is cleaning up A-gap. So if there's still a body in A-gap, say there's a two-eye that the, that the guard couldn't handle, and he's getting a little bit of, of, of push and pressure, he's, he's leading up in A-gap, and he's cleaning it up. So it almost turns into like a, a double team on the two-eye to the backside linebacker. So, I mean. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it, they just they they end up just saying, you know what, you're gonna you're gonna stay in a gap, you're gonna create space in a gap, if we can, and then the back is staying in a gap to backside a gap. If he bounces it at all, they fire him. They're looking for somebody new. But dude, it's a, it's it's an unbelievable play, especially if you're seeing a ton of, of under front, you know, in two back. At teams that want to play a lot of the under front, it's a it's a really 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 good play. It was it was good for us this year. Um, it's always been good for us when I was at Jenks, you know, we ran a lot of it more weak side versus, versus odd fronts. Um, same thing with, with over fronts. They want to overshift and play, play to your tight end side. We'd run more weak power and I, I'm not kidding you. It's, it's probably my all time favorite play. Um, so if you'd want to sit down coach or we could, we could hook up someplace, man, we'd, we'd love to, uh, to talk a little bit more on it. Cause seriously, I, I could spend the rest of my life talking about a gap power because honestly i think it's god's play <laughs> well and i've seen uh, i love that i've seen wyoming they go and you know one of their we've talked to a couple of their coaches but um you know let's say they get the tight end front side and it's an over front but they've got they've got a key on a safety and so they know they're getting uh blitz mm-hmm. from the the non-tight end side so they know the three's going to slant out the shade's going to cross the center's face They'll make, a, they'll make a tight call or, or whatever they call it, and they'll actually end up – the fullback will kick the three. That's how yeah. tight the power comes, and the tackle goes underneath the three. So they know the three slanting out. Tackle gets all the way up underneath the three. The guard would end up taking the, the shade that's going to cross his face, and they hit it extremely tight underneath the three technique with the fullback. And, and it's really tremendous to watch, and it's, it's incredible that um, they've gotten that far into it, and it's it worked really well for them. Well, they're just letting. Yeah, they're wow, just. Thing, I can do that thing. Yeah, that could come ripping out of there, man. Well, and that's why they they're saying because you know everyone everyone sees pulls and you got guys flying over the top and, and trying to get more guys on the other side of the wall, right? Get an extra get an extra yeah. body on the other side of the wall, so they you know because they're trying we're trying to steal a gap by pulling a guy. Well, it, it it negates a lot of that because now they get all this action flying over the top. Like I said, Denver always said linebacker shell overrun. He's flying over the top the thing's hitting right down the pipe because we're just saying, you know what, it's going to stay in a gap. They're going to run themselves out of that gap. So basically the only, the only way that teams win against it, all right, and, and, and Rick said it, you got to have a beast at 2i. So if you got a beast at 2i and he can blow apart the guard, you can get really, really good. But if you're teaching that, that backside guard on the pull to, to kill the 2i and clean up a gap, that's one of the ways that they would clean it up. And then the other way that I've seen people beat it, and uh, Coach Seymour was on, and, and he and I, he and I literally clinicked on this for about five hours because he was playing North Dakota State when he was at Montana. And I, I was just saying, well, there's a couple things you can do. I talked about the two eye and you talk about that tight shade really working across the center's face. So force that thing where you want it to go, right? You want it to go in a gap, get it out of a gap and force it to bend to backside a or backside B. And then you need to have cutback players that know what the hell they're doing. So he just started sitting a safety low on the backside. They'd, they'd wipe the nose across, force the thing to bend, and then they're hitting it in the face because they got a cutback player sitting there right now. So nice. those are a couple of different ways that, that you could at least kind of combat it. But he said, you know, it's like Seymour says, like when we got tired and we couldn't wipe across his face, we just start getting gashed. So, I mean, it's kind of got a body blow effect to it. You know, they're going to 
they're going to start smoking you in the fourth quarter, and that's when they usually start getting all these long runs because you misplay it, the, the cutback dude's out. Maybe now you start blitzing and you play one high and they gash it out the back door. Uh, it, it gets to be really, really nasty, and all of a sudden now they, they run it in 22 personnel. Or they, they move another fullback in there and create another hat. You know, you, now you got guys that, that aren't used to, to fitting those things. I, I remember, I think, who they're playing, uh, Sam Houston State. Well, Sam Houston State's used to playing seven-on-seven. Seven. They're not used to fitting, you know, 31 right. personnel. So <laughs> it, was, it was fun to watch, man. But like I said, if you, you want to sit down and, and talk ball on that, man, I'll, I'd gladly do it. It'd be a blast. Yeah, hey, I'm I'm definitely up for that. Like I said, low our lowest run play, so I'm I'm open. I'm very very open. Uh, and now, do you run counter? That would you run counter the same way? You teach it the same way? If I'm running weak, yes. And then if I'm running, if I'm running, you know, tight counter, which you know Har- Harp and I have have called it. What do we call it? Troy G. Yeah, uh, Troy and Tulsa G. So if we're running it tight to the same side and we're running blocking exactly the same, it's just the fullback and the guard are exchanging. Uh, exchanging right. what they're what they're trying to do, we run it the exact same way. Still yes. arcing that tight end, right? I got you. Yes, yes. Got still arcing the tight end, or if it's if it's an under front, we're, we're kicking the five. He's basing the nine. So it's a great right, play. Right, right. It's a great okay. play for people too. That you know, they're like, well, I don't, I don't have the, I don't have Gronkowski at tight end. Our tight end this year was 180 pounds, and we in our best play was was a gap power because it's easy. Oh, he can base a nine. He can't block down on a five. He can base a nine. Let's let's put him in a position to be successful. And then we had, you know, fullbacks that weren't weren't scared to put their face on somebody. And then it's a little bit easier kick out block on that five technique. And it makes the five technique have to think, right? I mean, yes. they're not they're not thinking. Oh, I've got a nine outside of me. I better be able to uh, wrong arm power or whatever it is. You know, now now you put that play in the game plan. Now they've got to think about it. Then um, what really helped us was have our tackle not not go down extremely hard, kind of take like a settle step forward with his outside foot, try yep. to keep that five technique from crashing and then go backside kind of keeps that five technique wide and allows the fullback a little bit of time to kick him or the yep. guard. If it was counter. Yeah. He'd, he'd influence him a little bit. Yep. Oh, wow. I, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely that. I, I like, I like the idea for sure. Well, coach, uh, you know, we really appreciate you, you taking the time, um, you know, on all these, on the, all these episodes, I like to ask, um, you know, kind of my one final question, you know, I know you've, you've seen a lot of film and, and when you're watching another team's offensive line, uh, what's something that they would do that would make you think really highly of their coach, their offensive line coach? I'd say, first of all, they're moving without hesitation and they're violent. Uh, you know that they're they, they clearly they're working together. It's five five guys working as one, and, and they're they're flying off the football and and being violent, and and that they're all moving in a similar way. Uh, I think that 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 coaching the movement and, and how these guys are supposed are, are are coached to move. I think that that's that's really big. So those three things, you know, knowing having everybody clearly knowing where we're going whether that's in pass protection, picking up blitzes on the slide side or passing off twists on the man side, being prepared, a clear, a team that is clearly prepared, a team that is violent and a team that, and a, and a group that really moves similarly. Like you can see they are coached how to move. Um, to me, those, those three things are, are, are paramount. I think that gets overlooked a ton is, is knowing who you're going to just allows you to play so much faster. And it's something so simple, but I don't think it's, it's thought about nearly enough. You know, I see some kids playing slow, but they're not slow kids. You know, first thing that makes me think, well, they don't know who they're going to. Um, I think that gets overlooked a lot. You know, like you just said, if they can play 
they know who they're going to. They can play fast. They don't have to think. They can just play, and, and it shows on film. Yeah, no, totally. And you can see, and those are the guys that are also, those are the guys that are playing violent. Right. It's how much easier is it to play yeah. violently when you don't have to, when you don't have to think, when you can just go, go execute your technique and fundamentals. You don't have to, you know, be like, oh, wait, there's this front, am I supposed to do this? Like giving kids a thousand things to think about when instead of, instead of just being rule-based and knowing, you know, what, what, what you're going to get and what you're going to see. And, and, you know, and I think that the coach preparing those guys, I think that that, you know, that's, that's, that's the gig, man. Coach, man, this one's been awesome. We appreciate you getting on. This is this has been some gold stuff, man. I'm I'm looking forward to uh to when this one comes out. I think there'll be a lot of good conversation. You did a great job, man. Coach, thank thank you guys both for having me. I really I, I appreciate it. It's been an honor. I really enjoyed listening to the couple episodes that I did. I did you know turn on and, and listen. And you guys do an awesome job, and I, I really I appreciate you having me. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. I want to again thank our sponsors, Powerlift, Skycoach, and Team Attack Academy. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon. <laughs>